Today's reading is from Matthew 26, verses 1 through 13. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the courtyard of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. Now while Jesus was at Bethany at the house of Simon, the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment, excuse me, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, why this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you, have always, you, you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this good news is proclaimed in the world, <clears throat> what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. We are going through the book of Matthew, and we are at, we are entering the, the final act of Matthew. We've been, uh, we like to read uh, through actual, just the, the books uh, uh, in, the, in the scripture many times. And we've been and on Matthew for quite some time now. And we are at the, uh, the getting close to the, the final act. Uh, and, and the things are starting to build. Things are, the tension is starting to arise and everything. And, and I want you to kind of picture uh, this, what we just read here as kind of a, uh, a film, a play, uh, whatever you, you might want to call it, okay? And what, what, what's happening here is first we have Jesus, and he's, he's with his disciples, and he says, you know what? Um, Passover's coming, and uh, soon around that time, I, I'm going to be taken, and I'm going to be crucified. And then we jump to another scene here where we've got the, the, the evil chief priests and elders, and they're always doing this, you know. In the movies, they're always, you know, it's like they have dry hands and someone's just been, you know, they got the, oh, this is really good cream. I really appreciate that, you know. And they're just kind of, you know, uh, and they're hunched over, you know, and they're, you know, talking evil and all that kind of stuff. And they're saying, you know, what we got to do is we got to get rid of him. He's, he's too popular. He's, he's, he's made uh, a mockery of, of, of our faith and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, they, they conspire to kidnap him and kill him. This is religious leaders that are doing this. They're one thing on the outside, and then they're on the inside, they're, you know, they're doing this because they don't like what Jesus is doing. And they actually talk about killing, killing people. Uh, religious leaders and elders doing this in behind closed doors, going behind uh, the, 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 the back of Christ to do this. And they don't want to do it during the Passover right there because they don't want to riot. They know that this guy is too popular. So they do it stealthfully. I love how they use that word stealthfully. It makes it even more important sounding. You know, and that's what they're conspiring to do. And then we cut over to Jesus at the home of Simon the leper. It's a nice name, isn't it? We'll look that on a business card. I'm Simon the leper. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. Call me anytime. Have a piece of this, have a piece of that. Um, you know, that didn't work at nine either. <laughs> You'd think I'd learn, but gosh. Um, he is there, 
And uh, we, we've mentioned this before. When, in, in the first century, uh, when people dined, they, they did not dine like, like we do at tables. They reclined. They would have um, almost like a, uh, a pillows or a couch kind of setting here, and the food would be here. And I'm sorry for those in the back. Uh, I'm, I'm short anyways, but uh, they would recline. This is how they would eat, like this. Uh, imagine yourself like at a picnic or something, you know, or you just moved into your place and the furniture hasn't arrived yet. You know, this is the way that you would eat. And he's having this, this, this time with uh, the disciples and with, with Simon and, you know, there's other people there. And suddenly this woman comes in out of nowhere and she has no care about uh, how she's perceived or what people think of her. She just comes straight to Jesus and she's carrying this alabaster jar, this very, very expensive ointment. And her focus is Jesus. Doesn't care anything around her. And you can just picture her in this scene, just humbly walking in and just dropping to her knees. And it says she, she poured this over Jesus' head. This, this ointment was used to anoint. It was also used in burial rituals. So it's a very somber thing. It's not like she just took a bucket and just went, hey, there you go. You, know, you won the game. You know, but it's, it's, a, it's a slower process. It's, it's done with respect. It's done with dignity. It's done with kindness. And most of all, it's done with, with worship. She sees the living Christ. She knows exactly who this person is. And she drops to her knees and she starts to anoint. And then we cut over here to the disciples. They're, they're, uh, they're, they, they mean well, but they're knuckleheads. Uh, the disciples have always, uh, you know, gone uh, this way when Jesus says, we're actually, we're going here, you know, and they're looking at this woman and they start, to, they start to backstab her a little bit. They start to say, why would she do this? You know, why, that jar is worth so much more than, you know, that oil is so expensive. We could, have, we could have used that to feed the poor. That's not how you serve Christ, you know. But what is she going to do with that jar? That's recyclable. Is she even going to put it in the tub, you know, the green tub? You know, um, and Jesus is aware of this, of what's going on. She, he hears the folks, his own disciples, trashing her behind her back for the way that she's worshiping Christ, for the way that she is worshiping Christ. You also wonder sometimes if, she's, uh, if they're criticizing the actual jar, they're criticizing you know, the, the cost of that, or were there other motives here? Remember, we are in the first century, and this is a woman that comes in on her own charge and worships on her own free will. Believe it or not, some guys had a problem with that. Was there a little bit of that involved? Were, were they a little bit uh, prejudiced against this? How dare she come? At, you know, we, we walk with Jesus all the time, you know? Uh, she just, she's right there up close to him. Was it more about that? We, we don't know, but we could speculate. Jesus is aware of this. He looks over. Isn't it, isn't it funny what Jesus is aware of? He tells his disciples that he's going to be crucified way before the, the religious leaders uh, ever start to plot. He, he is aware of his disciples being boneheads. It's kind of funny what Jesus is aware of and what Jesus actually continues to, to allow to happen. But he looks over at them and says, Why, what's wrong with you guys? 
This woman is caring for me. You, you, you will have the poor with you all the time, but I'm, I'm not going to be around much longer. And, and this woman is preparing me for my burial. And so he allows it. Okay, so that's the scene. That's, that's, our, that's our, 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 our one-act drama or whatever you would call it. Now, we are the people that are going to be auditioning for roles in this play. I heard a groan. <laughs> we are the ones. So now, which role do you feel called to play? Which one would you be auditioning for? Introvert or extrovert, doesn't matter, but which one would you be saying, that's, that's the role I was destined for? It's hard, isn't it? it it's difficult to look at this. I kind of guess where I, I think we want to be, but it's difficult. I, some of you know that um, I had a, a history of uh, working in entertainment, and I was an actor, and, and a lot of times um, the best roles that I had were the ones that I could kind of relate to. It was easier to, to take on a role of something that you could kind of have a, a commonality with. You could bring part of yourself into that, whatever you were playing. So I would look at this, if it were me, and I would say, which one can I relate to the most? It'd be a hard decision. I mean, can I, can I be honest with you? Is it possible that a pastor's honest? <laughs> I could do all three. Easily. I, I have been over here. I, I haven't plotted to kill Jesus. I don't have that power. But, thank you. <laughs> okay. The, the church with heckling. Why is that a thing? <laughs> but I, I have not plotted, but I have gone behind Christ's back. I have done things in secret that I would not want the people in general public to know. In my past, I have done things that I wished Christ knew nothing about. I have not plotted to kill Jesus but I have gone against Jesus many, many times. For me, that's almost the same thing. And, you know, it's not, it's not been stuff where it's like, you know, we always talk, like to talk about our, our, our sinful acts of something, of, of a hindsight of like, oh, I tripped. I didn't realize I was doing that, you know, and I, I'm sorry. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's been naughtiness that we have done that we have known before we were going to do it. And we planned it, and we did it. There have been times in my life where I have done this. Oh, I hope Jesus is at the ball game because I'm going to be doing some dirty stuff here and all these kind of nasty things. And, oh, you know, I've done that. I've conspired. So I could play that role pretty easily. I could play the role of the disciples because I've met well but I've also criticized people. I've been judgmental. I've even been prejudiced. I've criticized and judged people by the way that they worship God. 
the way they serve. We've all done it, I hope. I hope I'm not standing here by myself. But I have questioned whether someone says they're serving God or whether they're not and all of this kind of stuff. And, and we always like to say, you know, well, this is the way that I worship. This is the way that I serve God. So if that person's doing something different, they've got to be wrong. That's the way we act sometimes. You know, I'm just being honest. I've done that. I have in my past stood here and backstabbed other people. We never criticize people to their face. We, we always say our big, hold our biggest criticisms for when we're behind their back. And I've played in that. I've done that. I've meant well. I've tried to serve Jesus. But I've also compared myself and said, but they're not serving Jesus as well as I'm serving Jesus. I am Jesus' favorite. <laughs> I just got taller there for a second. <laughs> And I have also, I have also been in moments in my life where everything else is put aside. And in, we call it humility, worship, whatever, I have been in a place where I have fallen literally to my knees and felt the presence of God. I have experienced the Holy Spirit. I have, I have been in this experience where I have ignored everything else. Suddenly everything else becomes secondary and I am lost in that moment where I will give my all and I feel a connection. I have, I have felt that here. I have felt that during, during church, whether it's, it's singing or conversing or I have experienced moments here where I have felt like the Holy Spirit has been in this room around us working through us and nothing else matters the worries that I have taken through the week and all of that kind of stuff it just becomes secondary and I've been there I'd love to say that I've been there more than I've been there I'm not sure. Can, I know. Can anyone else relate if you're looking at the roles? Do you think anyone else could, you could play any of the other parts? Maybe it's just me. And it stinks sometimes because you can sit here and say, oh my God, I've been... I've been the villain in this. Or, oh, I've been awful. I have judged and criticized people. The only one you feel kind of good about is, is this moment, and you wonder, why don't I focus on that more? What, what is my alabaster jar, and, and what am I giving to be in the presence of, of Christ? But we are forgetting the star of the show. He, he, it's a part that, that we can't play. And that's Christ. 
Christ who was aware of everything that was going on. Christ that was aware of the plot. Christ was aware of the backstabbing. Christ was aware of the alabaster jar. And he's the star. He's aware, which means he knows what's going on, and he knows why we do it. He knows that over here, the religious leaders are plotting and fuming and all of this stuff, but he sees below that. Most of our actions, when we villainize people or we do something negative, it has a root to it, and that root is fear. They were afraid. This was a, a, a faith that they had carried and had been responsible for. And this guy was opening up the kingdom suddenly to everybody. He was being there for everybody could be welcomed. He, he was saying things that were rebellious. He, he was saying things that were upsetting the empire which ruled them. They were terrified. This, this wasn't the norm for them. He was breaking all of the rules. And they were frightened so much that they thought getting rid of him was the only solution. Christ was aware of that. He was also aware that his disciples meant well, but so often got off the mark. He knew that they were fearful too. A woman comes in and does this without planning or anything like that. True worship. And they're asking themselves, have I ever been that close to Christ? I walk with him every day. But she she's comes in unguarded. She's totally okay with who she is. That scares that scares us. As we walk with Jesus, we, we, we can't seem to escape our own insecurity of, of who's closest to God. Who does God like best? And, and here is a woman It's frightening. And Christ is aware of that. And Christ is aware also of every single thing that this woman had done in her life, everything that made her who she is, he was aware and he was approachable. That's the biggest lesson of this. If there's one that we can hang on to, the one that separates our God from other gods that people have had in history, the one thing that the God of the Israelites brought to the table that nobody had ever heard of was a God that was actually approachable. That's why Christ came. That's why Jesus walked this earth. So you could actually come up and talk and share and worship. Share a meal with. That's the star of the show. And the star of the show is saying, I'm aware that sometimes you mess up. I'm aware that sometimes you've backstabbed. I'm aware that you've been prejudiced. I've been aware that you've been judgmental. I know that you do things that you do regret. 
and that's why I'm here. We, we can do all kinds of things. We can serve. We can, we can give to the poor. We can help people move. We can, by the way, don't ask me to ever to help you move. But we can do a bunch of <laughs> stuff. But if we're not doing it with Christ as our core, we miss out. Our actions become a, almost, a, they can come a, a pat on the back or, or a comparison or things like that. We, if we lose the fact that the core of everything that we do as Christians is love, we lose so much. And Christ is aware of that. That's why the star of the show is going to sacrifice everything that he has for the people that played parts they are not really proud of playing. I'm one of them. You know, the good thing is that since I've been a pastor, I've been perfect. So, I mean, all this is way in the past. You know, it's, it's on my book. It's on the shelf there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, my wife is around the corner, and I'm sure the hand gestures are not saying I'm number one. <laughs> Christ is there for a reason, because we are imperfect. Whatever role that you have played whatever role you will play, whatever role you're currently playing, you are playing the part of somebody that is loved, that is genuinely loved so much that it was worth giving everything that he had. I hope you find comfort in that whatever role you play. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, sometimes we do things that we don't want you to see. Sometimes we do things to other people. Sometimes we, we just are not the best people in the world. And sometimes, sometimes we get to experience you. We, we want to be the woman in this story. Help us, help us to have the woman be our inspiration, to, to give us more moments where we single out you first in our life and we take you first. Help us have her strength, her humility, her presence. Help us to experience that love that you gave her and that you gave everyone else. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.